You're listening to Lundgren's Investor Insights, a new podcast where we talk about the whys and hows on our views of the global financial markets in light of today's trends. I'm Aina, and with me here to commemorate an inaugural episode is none other than Peter Lundgren, the founding CEO of Lundgren's Capital, an investment advisory firm regulated by the Danish FSA. Peter has more than 30 years in the global financial industry and has established this firm in 2009. Since then, he has supported large and professional clients. Aside from that, he has made his appearance in multiple local and international medias, such as CNN and Bloomberg, and of course, the Lundgren's Investor Insights podcast. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing uh, great, Ida. Thank you. Good to meet you. Well, it's so nice to have you here with me. I'm excited to hear all the great insights from you, and I'm sure those listening are eager to hear your thoughts as well. Thank you. Now, to start things off, since this inaugural podcast is launching at the beginning of 2023, I want us to take a step back and reflect first on what happened in Q2 of last year. Just to bring our new visitors to Lundgren's investors up to speed, could you briefly give us a rundown of what your thoughts were on the global market in 2022? Yeah, I know. They were truly extraordinary. Uh, No doubt about it. It's sort of uh, historical, unfortunately, historical in the wrong direction. Uh, Everything was going down. We know the story, mm-hmm. but the background of the story, the reason why things were going down, I think uh, is uh, very interesting. And um, I've been arguing throughout uh, 2022 that uh, it was a enormous correction in the market. It mm-hmm. was not panic in that, se- in that typical panic sales sense. When you say correction, what do you mean by this? What do I mean with a correction? Because we had this very steep, very deep uh, sell-off in all asset classes. But a correction means that there's a bottom. And there's also sort of life after the sell-off. And that is very important. A panic, just panic sales, is uh, much more hard to work with because we have no idea where the bottom is. But a correction um, uh, this time was extremely expensive. We have seen... Mm -hmm. Uh, what we call sort of um, balanced mandates, uh, losing more than ever since the Second World War. Wow. Um, but again, uh, the correction thinking uh, is actually what I would call also a bit sort of the op- optimistic thinking. Um, because panic um, is, as mentioned, difficult to forecast and it's difficult to deal with panic sales. A correction then we can consider when... Uh, has a market corrected enough? Mm-hmm. And um, our readers of Lord Green's uh, Economic Spotlight, they would know that in end of October last year, uh, my impression of the market was that even it was early states, um, it was sort of a feeling, and we did a lot of calculations on how much could a market um, correct and how much should it correct. Yeah. And we actually <clears throat> came to the conclusion that it was sort of a play, uh, a state to to add um, risk, to increase risk again, meaning buy back some of the shares that have been sold uh, at more um, uh, fixed income, mm-hmm. at more towards the emerging markets. And this this, this was of call. Um, uh, it was a call that was, I would say, early, a bit risky, but it was the best the best uh, forecast I could give at that time. What were the factors that triggered these corrections? Uh, the correction uh, written from 
particular interest rates are going up, and we have had a decade with too low uh, interest rates and too much uh, liquidity uh-huh. provided by the central banks. So that was one of the corrections. And then we had a correction uh, after also the, the COVID-19 uh, sort of crisis period where uh, a lot of um, government aid has been uh, sent out in the system mm. and that led to the high inflation. So there were two uh, extreme big things that needed to be priced in in all asset prices. You mentioned increasing risk. Despite the risk on that, is it working? So far, it works. Um, things, things has gone up since then. Stock markets have really rebounded. Um, and, and also in the fixed income market, we've seen good gains. So the question is, uh, we are looking into uh, 2023 now. And uh, how should we <laughs> handle the situation? Was it just a lucky punch? Or can we expect... Um, um, prices, stock prices, to go even higher. Yeah. And um, there are um, my a uh, lot of conversations in the start of this year with investors, with uh, asset managers, large international anim- asset managers, also with um, let's say uh, people from uh, from the business side, uh, particularly in Europe. They are um, very reluctant to trust in the good story. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular in Europe, we meet um, a lot of, um, I would say, doubt. Doubt about the, uh, the outlook for 2023. And um, I have actually never seen in my more than 30 years uh, of experience in the market that we have such a long time seen so many negative factors priced in the market mm-hmm. and uh, positive factors have not been priced in yeah. the markets or in, in the stock prices in a significant way. Mm-hmm. This uh, negative bias is very rare to see. And that was actually one of the also arguments back in October to yeah. say, mm-hmm, um, this is skewed uh, wrongly, the market, and um, we should sort of uh, actually use that mm. uh, wrong-footed market position saying, okay, let's buy something. And this is uh, a bit the same I still see in the market. Uh, a lot of negative factors are still priced in the market, and only a few positive factors are priced in. And So it's still the same situation? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's still the situation. And even we have seen stock markets going up, uh, let's say, 7 to 10% uh, uh, in this year. Um, okay, the, the last couple of percent the past days, but anyway... Uh, it's still a good start of the year. Mm-hmm. Truckloads of investors, they do not trust in this positive trend. They're actually waiting that the market will turn and uh, go down again. Oh. And that is uh, a bit of what I see. A majority of, of people are uh, underweighted in risk and they think things will go down despite they're going up. Uh, that alone is um, an argument for me to stay mm-hmm. uh with the positions or the increased risk positions from October and actually even, you could say, at least on a dip, um, buy more. Uh, I'm more comfortable having more risk than having not enough risk on my uh, books and so to say in an investment portfolio. So this is a, this is a bit of the very extraordinary sort of situation in, in, in 2022 and yeah. the this sort of uh, look back is interesting because it was such an extraordinary, uh, you can say, crazy year, but um, 
maybe also a year where a lot of people learned a lot. True. And uh, it generates, of course, uh, a nervous basis for 2023. And this nervousness is not out of the bones anywhere at all. Yeah, it was a crazy year last year. Um, but in your latest article in Lundgren's Economic Spotlight, you claim that concerning 2023, the glass is more than half full. What do you mean by that? Yeah, and that is actually the, the takeoff on, on saying, okay, um, I still see too much negative um, priced in the markets, meaning uh, there's just ordinary, fairly ordinary news, maybe we could call good news. Mm-hmm. They will, um, they will have an extraordinary positive effect, and um, they will um, also together with um, a good outlook for part of part of the global economy, uh, be sort of supportive in my what I would call slightly positive view. I'm not sort of to completely bullish. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, so positive. I see the glass the more than half full. Okay. And that is that is actually sort of explaining that I'm just uh, more positive than negative. Mm. So you argue that there's no global economic crisis. Why not? Yeah, it is a bit uh, sort of seen from a European perspective. Um, I hear a lot in Europe uh, and a lot of politicians, uh, actually uh, people from business saying, okay, uh, we now have a global economic crisis that's now, now hitting Europe. Mm. And it's where I argue, no. We do not have a global economic crisis, uh, as mentioned before. We have uh, we have Asia counting for forty percent of the global GDP. Yes. Uh, with four and a half percent growth this year, probably. We have a U.S. probably avoiding uh, the recession, and actually will start to look into the post-high inflation era, and that will soon um, generate new positive in um, investors. And actually, if we so take an example as Brazil, uh, the country will very likely um, benefit from uh, the opening of China, mm-hmm. as China will start to uh, import more raw materials, and that will help mm-hmm. Brazil. And mm-hmm. also, the new president, De Silva, has so far not really uh, scared the financial markets, and that is uh, good for for the whole uh, Latin American region. So, so, so these things are actually pretty okay and uh, partly very, very good indeed. So the thing is, in Europe, there it looks more downbeat. Yeah. Uh, we look into uh, further inflation fights. Uh, the inflation is not under control. The European Central Bank is doing a sluggish job, mm. and um, that is for sure that the GDP growth will uh, be zero or below zero, and that can happen. Wow. But if you ask me, there is no outlook for any positive um, sort of uh, development after a low GDP growth period. I cannot see Europe come out of that. But that is a European problem, and it's also sort of uh, Europeans that are um, mentioning the global economic crisis. Yeah. But as I try to describe it, it's, it's like to make a, a weather forecast, a, a national weather forecast, by just looking out of the window. And that is what Europeans are doing. They think uh, what they see is the whole world, mm. and it's not. The world is actually quite well, doing good, yeah. and uh, moving ahead again. So this is why I argue there is no global economic crisis. But what could happen in the world so the glass gets empty instead of being more than half full? Yeah, then we should, of course, um, sort of mishit um, some 
some of the, the big arguments for being positive. Okay. Um, one of the reasons why I actually is increasingly positive is if we look into uh, Asia, it is expected that uh, the GDP growth in Asia in general will be 4.5% this year, and that is very good. Yeah. And we should remember that Asia now represents 40% of the global GDP. Mm-hmm. So that is a key driver. And I actually see the U.S. Uh, avoiding a recession. It will more be what I call a partial recession. Uh, real estate prices could come uh, further down, uh, but I do not see it as a deep dive, maybe 5%. That will not generate a true recession. It could generate what I call the partial recessions in this uh, business segment that surrounds real estate business. Okay. Uh, but other parts of the economy could actually uh, be very well off. So we have a U.S. probably avoiding a recession, or it will only be a mild recession. Um, defined, despite the inflation pressure is intact in U.S., it is under control. Mm-hmm. So these are the big things of being positive. So if I mishit these big things, then uh, sort of the glass will lose some water. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you can say, okay, um, we we if 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 there are signs of of a sudden slowdown in Asia, then I will reverse my views. Mm-hmm. If uh, U.S. real estate prices drops more than five percent from where we are now, uh, I will consider how much water there is in the glass. Yeah. And then we have one. Very big unknown. It's a pleasant, unpleasant unknown. Sorry, that is um, the Russian war against uh, Ukraine. Mm. Uh, it is probably getting intensified from from Russia now. Um, there are truckloads of different reports and rumors, uh, but it's it looks likely that they have uh, allocated um, many people, uh, many certain new soldiers, to. Uh, uh, towards uh, Ukraine, and 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 the risk is that uh, actually we will see a very classical battlefield with um, many 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 people uh, falling in the war, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that the world is ready for that. Uh, if that happens, if that escalates, uh, spirals out of control, uh, it will hurt Europe in particular. The yeah. uh, consumers will stop up. There will be big nervousness. Um, also. Uh, companies will stop investing um, to get a clear outlook, and it will hurt stock markets. That is a that is a big unknown, uh, honestly, and uh, that is that is one of the things that could, uh, let's say, let the glass fall uh, on the floor. Well, let's all hope that the glass stays full. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for all your thoughts, Peter. I'm sure those tuned in learned a lot from you today. To all the listeners, thank you for listening to the Lundgren's Investor Insights podcast. If you want to know more about our insights into the financial markets, you can go to www.lundgreensinvestorinsights.com where we publish our content. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So that's it. Until next time, thank you very much.